1: October 21st Join with me as we start this new reading cycle. It will be the adventure of a lifetime as Yeshua speaks to us through His Word. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal-clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10.17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? And for the Brit Hadashah. today we continue the Torah portion Brachit, and it means, in the beginning. Genesis 4:19 to 5:24. Lamech married two women. The first was named Ada, and the second was Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabel, who was the first of those who raise livestock and live in tents. His brother's name was Jubal, the first of all who play the harp and flute. Lamech's other wife, Zillah, gave birth to a son named Tubal-Cain. He became an expert in forging tools of bronze and iron. Tubal-Cain had a sister named Nema. One day Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice. Listen to me, you wives of Lamech. I have killed a man who attacked me, a young man who wounded me. If someone who kills Cain is punished seven times, then the one who kills me will be punished seventy-seven times. Adam had sexual relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to another son. She named him Seth. For she said, God has granted me another son in place of Abel, whom Cain killed. When Seth grew up, he had a son and named him Enosh. At that time, people first began to worship the Lord by name. This is the written account of the descendants of Adam. When God created human beings, he made them to be like himself. He created them male and female, and he blessed them and called them human. When Adam was 130 years old, he became the father of a son who was just like him, in his very image. He named his son Seth. After the birth of Seth, Adam lived another 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Adam lived 930 years, and then he died. When Seth was 105 years old, he became the father of Enosh. After the birth of Enosh, Seth lived another 807 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Seth lived 912 years, and then he died. When Enosh was 90 years old, he became the father of Kenan. After the birth of Kenan, Enosh lived another 815 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enosh lived 905 years, and then he died. When Kenan was 70 years old, he became the father of Mahalal. After the birth of Mahalal, Kenan lived another 840 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Kenan lived 910 years, and then he died. When Mahalal was 65 years old, he became the father of Jared. After the birth of Jared, Mahalal lived another 830 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Mahalal lived 895 years, and then he died. When Jared was 162 years old, he became the father of Enoch. After the birth of Enoch, Jared lived another 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Jared lived 962 years, and then he died. When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years, walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. Jeremiah 37 1-38 28 Zedekiah son of Josiah succeeded Jehoiakim son of Jehoiakim as the king of Judah. He was appointed by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon but neither King Zedekiah nor his attendants, nor the people who were left in the land, listened to what the Lord said through Jeremiah. Nevertheless, King Zedekiah sent Jehuchel son of Shelemiah and Zephaniah the priest son of Messiah to ask Jeremiah, Please pray to the Lord our God for us. Jeremiah had not yet been imprisoned, so he could come and go among the people. As he pleased. At this time, the army of Pharaoh, Hophra of Egypt, appeared at the southern border of Judah. When the Babylonian army heard about it, they withdrew from their siege of Jerusalem. Then the Lord gave this message to Jeremiah This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The king of Judah sent you to ask me what is going to happen. Tell him, Pharaoh's army is about to return to Egypt though he came here to help you, then the Babylonians will come back and capture this city and burn it to the ground. This is what the Lord says, do not fool yourselves into thinking that the Babylonians are gone for good. They aren't. Even if you were to destroy the entire Babylonian army, leaving only a handful of wounded survivors, they would still stagger from their tents and burn this city to the ground. When the Babylonian army left Jerusalem because of Pharaoh's approaching army, Jeremiah started to leave the city on his way to the territory of Benjamin to claim his share of the property among his relatives there. But as he was walking through the Benjamin gate, a sentry arrested him and said, You are defecting to the Babylonians. The sentry making the arrest was Areja son of Shelemiah grandson of Hananiah. That's not true," Jeremiah protested. "I had no intention of doing any such thing." But Arejah wouldn't listen, and he took Jeremiah before the officials. They were furious with Jeremiah and had him flogged and imprisoned in the house of Jonathan, the secretary. Jonathan's house had been converted into a prison. Jeremiah was put into a dungeon cell where he remained for many days. Later, King Zedekiah secretly requested that Jeremiah come to the palace, where the king asked him, Do you have any messages from the Lord? Yes, I do, said Jeremiah. You will be defeated by the king of Babylon. Then Jeremiah asked the king, What crime have I committed? What have I done against you, your attendants, or the people, that I should be imprisoned like this? Where are your prophets now? who told you the king of Babylon would not attack you or this land. Listen, my lord the king, I beg you. Don't send me back to the dungeon in the house of Jonathan the secretary, for I will die there. So King Zedekiah commanded that Jeremiah not be returned to the dungeon. Instead he was imprisoned in the courtyard of the guard in the royal palace. The king also commanded that Jeremiah be given a loaf of fresh bread every day, as long as there was any left in the city. So Jeremiah was put in the palace prison. Now Shephatiah son of Matan, Gedaliah son of Pasher, Jehucal son of Shelemiah and Pasher son of Malchicha heard what Jeremiah had been telling the people. He had been saying, This is what the Lord says, Everyone who stays in Jerusalem will die from war, famine, or disease. But those who surrender to the Babylonians will live. Their reward will be life. They will live. The Lord also says, The city of Jerusalem will certainly be handed over to the army of the king of Babylon, who will capture it. So these officials went to the king and said, Sir, this man must die. That kind of talk will undermine the morale of the few fighting men we have left, as well as that of all the people. This man is a traitor. King Zedekiah agreed. All right, he said, do as you like. I can't stop you. So the officials took Jeremiah from his cell and lowered him by ropes into an empty cistern in the prison yard. It belonged to Malkijah, a member of the royal family. There was no water in the cistern. But there was a thick layer of mud at the bottom, and Jeremiah sank down into it. But ebed Melek the Ethiopian, an important court official, heard that Jeremiah was in the cistern. At that time the king was holding court at the Benjamin gate, so ebed Melek rushed from the palace to speak with him. My lord the king, he said, these men have done a very evil thing in putting Jeremiah the prophet into the cistern. He will soon die of hunger, for almost all of the bread in the city is gone. So the king told Ebed-Melech, Take thirty of my men with you, and pull Jeremiah out of the cistern before he dies. So Ebed-Melech took the men with him and went to a room in the palace, beneath the treasury, where he found some old rags and discarded clothing. He carried these to the cistern and lowered them to Jeremiah on a rope. Abimelech called down to Jeremiah, Put these rags under your armpits to protect you from the ropes. Then, when Jeremiah was ready, they pulled him out. So Jeremiah was returned to the courtyard of the guard, the palace prison, where he remained. One day, King Zedekiah sent for Jeremiah and had him brought to the third entrance of the Lord's temple. I want to ask you something, the king said, and don't try to hide the truth. Jeremiah said, If I tell you the truth, you will kill me, and if I give you advice, you won't listen to me anyway. So King Zedekiah secretly promised him, As surely as the Lord our Creator lives, I will not kill you or hand you over to the men who want you dead. Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, This is what the Lord, God of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. If you surrender to the Babylonian officers, "'You and your family will live, and the city will not be burned. "'But if you refuse to surrender, you will not escape. "'The city will be handed over to the Babylonians, "'and they will burn it to the ground. "'But I am afraid to surrender,' the king said, "'for the Babylonians may hand me over to the Judeans "'who have defected to them, and who knows what they will do to me.' "'Jeremiah replied, "'You won't be handed over to them if you choose to obey the Lord.' Your life will be spared, and all will go well with you. But if you refuse to surrender, this is what the Lord has revealed to me. All the women left in your palace will be brought out and given to the officers of the Babylonian army. Then the women will taunt you, saying, What fine friends you have! They have betrayed and misled you. When your feet sank in the mud, they left you to your fate. All your wives and children will be led out to the Babylonians, and you will not escape. You will be seized by the king of Babylon, and this city will be burned down. Then Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, Don't tell anyone you told me this, or you will die. My officials may hear that I spoke to you, and they may say, Tell us what you and the king were talking about. If you don't tell us, we will kill you. If this happens, just tell them, You begged me not to send you back to Jonathan's dungeon, for fear you would die there. Sure enough, it wasn't long before the king's officials came to Jeremiah and asked him why the king had called for him. But Jeremiah followed the king's instructions, and they left without finding out the truth. No one had overheard the conversation between Jeremiah and the king and Jeremiah remained a prisoner in the courtyard of the guard until the day Jerusalem was captured. 1 Timothy 6, 1-21 All slaves should show full respect for their masters so they will not bring shame on the name of God and His teaching. If the masters are believers, that is no excuse for being disrespectful. Those slaves should work All the harder, because their efforts are helping other believers who are well-loved. Teach these things, Timothy, and encourage everyone to obey them. Some people may contradict our teaching, but these are the wholesome teachings of Yeshua. These teachings promote a godly life. Anyone who teaches something different is arrogant and lacks understanding. Such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble, over the meaning of words. This stirs up arguments ending in jealousy, division, slander, and evil suspicions. These people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt, and they have turned their backs on the truth. To them, a show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. Yet true godliness, with contentment, is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. But you, Timothy, are a man of God. So run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. And I charge you before God, who gives life to all, and before Yeshua, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate, that you obey this command without wavering. Then no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Yeshua comes again. For at just the right time, Yeshua will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only Almighty God, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. He alone can never die, and He lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach Him. No human eye has ever seen Him, nor ever will. All honor and power to Him forever. Amen. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Timothy, guard what God has entrusted to you. Avoid godless, foolish discussions with those who oppose you with their so-called knowledge. Some people have wandered from the faith by following such foolishness. May God's grace be with you all. Psalm 89, 38-52 But now you, the Lord, have rejected him, David, and cast him off. You are angry with your anointed king. You have renounced your covenant with him. You have thrown his crown in the dust. You have broken down the walls, protecting him, and ruined every fort defending him. Everyone who comes along has robbed him, and he has become a joke to his neighbors. You have strengthened his enemies and made them all rejoice. You have made his sword useless and refused to help him in battle. You have ended his splendor and overturned his throne. You have made him old before his time and publicly disgraced him. O Lord, how long will this go on? Will you hide yourself forever? How long will your anger burn like fire? Remember how short my life is, how empty and futile this human existence. No one can live forever. All will die. No one can escape the power of the grave. Lord, where is your unfailing love? You promised it to David with a faithful pledge. Consider, Lord, how your servants are disgraced. I carry in my heart the insults of so many people. Your enemies have mocked me, O Lord. They mock your anointed king wherever he goes. Praise the Lord forever. Amen and Amen. Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-eight. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Please enjoy this beautiful worship song, A Shield About Me, sung by Stephanie Gresinger.
0: Good Uh, ah, ah. Yes, Adonai don't I Shalom
1: Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter six twenty four to twenty six. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.